You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What is up, everybody? This is Doc Jock here on the Fantasy Sports Network alongside Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman. Welcome back to another edition of the show. This is March. What's going on, Doc? March Madness. And um, I think last night, 7 o'clock, you guys, you know, turned on to watch 60 Minutes. Sure. You got a chance to see the end of the Duke game. Um, CBS's dream. Yeah, and, um, you, you know, there must have been a, a, a lid over the basket at that point in time because both of those shots looked like they were in. Uh, both the initial shot and then um, Dawkins' tip looked like it was going to go in. Yep. And next thing, it rolls out of the basket, and, and Duke lives to play another day. They sure do. And it was a wild, wild game. I want to... I don't want to start there. I want to end there because that was 7 o'clock. That was like the main event for us on Sunday because everything after that kind of stunk. Um, but that was, that was the main event where everyone's around their TV. Sunday night, 7 o'clock, the whole deal. The world watching, the world together rooting against Duke. Let's go back. Let's go back to Thursday. How much of the tournament on Thursday did you get to see? What did you think? A fair amount. Yeah. A fair amount. I, 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 I saw um, the, the Murray State Marquette game. Okay. Um, I saw Maryland LSU. Mm-hmm. I saw the afternoon Michigan State Bradley. Sure, um, and there were uh, a lot of you know a lot of teams staying with it. And then at night, I saw Liberty. I saw Wofford. Um, all of those th- those games, and you know, there were a fair amount of the Thursday games. How about you? You know, so for me, it was crazy, Doc, because for me. I watched the early afternoon games. Well, the Maryland-Belmont. I'm not up to that yet. <laughs> I was watching the earlier games. And I played in a Survivor March Madness pool, which I was eliminated from for three times in a matter of 24 hours. So that was great. And then Maryland-Belmont, which is the game I was obviously most looking forward to. So it's on at 310. I think it actually started mm-hmm. at like 320. It was the same time Michigan State was. Uh-huh, exactly. I host... I went to Bobby Valentine's in Stanford. Now they should... Yes, for advertising time in the afternoon. They should. They should. I, hello. And, and you know, you know, you know. It's like you now know why single women there were three hundred guys in the bar and not one woman. Absolutely not. You know. So so anyway, so I host an NBA show for us at four thirty every Thursday. So I watched the entire first half from three twenty to four twenty, and the second half starts, and I'm sitting here with my laptop open, obviously to the game. And I'm letting, trying to let everybody else do the heavy lifting. And then the game is closer and closer. And they're down in the final seconds. And there's all these now videos online of me doing this. It was crazy, Doc. That Belmont game. That was insane. Well, I thought at the end of the first half, the athletes of Maryland got going. And Maryland started to dominate the inside. Which, and, is, which, which, I, which to be fair to them, is how they planned to start the game. And then Belmont were hitting all these ridiculous threes, and then Maryland tried to match that. And that wasn't how they should play. And, and I kind of thought, I, I honestly thought at the beginning of the second half, I think I even texted you during that game, that it was going to be kind of what we saw a lot of Saturday and Sunday. Once the athletes get going, I agree it goes woo, 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 woo. I thought the Duke game at the, you know, had a moment like that, you know, at the 
towards right. the second half. Right. And then, well, it, well, it wasn't even the second half. It was like that last four, four minutes, minutes of, of the, the first, first half. half. That's what I meant to say. And I thought they were going to go woo, 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 and the athletes of Maryland were going to take over, and it was a nice story. And then once you dominate inside, you, you know, you, you, you've dominated the game. So I was surprised. And then coming down the stretch, I thought Belmont played really terribly. Yeah, and you, said, you, were, you were texting me on Thursday about exactly what was happening, too. You know, first of all, when you're behind, you extend. You never shorten the game. Sure. Okay? Tell New Mexico State that. You, you know, you, you, you extend the game. Especially Maryland is not an unbelievable foul shooting team. They didn't they're, they're fine. And, then, and then, they, then they hold for one down one. I mean, I, I, I never understand holding for one when you're down one. Sure. Well, it was like, basically, you're going to win or you're going to lose in this possession. That was the thought. That's it. It's going to happen right now. When you're down, you want the game to be longer and put the pressure on the other team. Well, I think the thought was, we don't want to score and then have them come back and score. We don't want to leave them any time on the clock. I think that was the thought process there. Nevertheless, Maryland gets away but with even the victory. If, if you see here, if, let's play it out. Okay? Sure, sure. You, you know, you start with... You know, I, I I think they're they're up, they're down one. Maryland has the ball. Okay, I think at that point in time, you foul. Sure. At that point in right. time, at worst, you know, in college, it's it's worth one point four five points. Right. So you're 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 down two point five. You're down either two or three points. Yep. In, in in all probability, and then you have the ball. They let the shot clock go down to the end. Yep. Maryland misses, okay? So you take the pressure out of them, and then they hold for one. I, I, that makes no sense to me. I would have fouled, okay? Come down. Worst comes to worst, Maryland doesn't want to foul. You take, you drive straight to the hole, and you're still down one, and then you foul again. You know, you, you, you lengthen the game in that situation. I, 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 really, I really believe they played that wrong. And then outside of that, on Thursday... There was really much drama, right? Like, there wasn't much drama outside it was just, of that. It was just the John ja Morant show. John ja Morant show, who had a triple double, first triple double since since Blanking. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Draymond Green did it for Michigan State, and before that, Dwayne Wade was well, the last you, you know, and and I've said to people, you know, there's this contention that Zion Williamson doesn't have a position. Zion Williamson is going to change the way NBA Absolutely. teams play. You're going to play him at the five at certain times, like Draymond Green. You're going to have him jump out on the pick and roll. You know, they who, who if if he goes to a coach that has common sense, and you know, really the play, players that don't go into the NBA these days are more like Taco Falls. You know, because you know somebody will sign him and he'll sit at the end of the bench. Sure, he's um, very good at towel waving. You know, because. You, you know, the way they spread things out, and you, you have to be close to a man, it's very hard to be 7'6 and do that. Absolutely, and we'll get to Taco uh, in a few moments. Let's get to Friday, and I want to just fast forward to, to your game here, Doc. The Iowa Hawkeyes, who... They showed a lot of heart this Showed weekend. a lot of heart this weekend. We'll get to Sunday in a second, and I was just, I felt awful for you. Uh, we'll get to Friday. It was the first game of the day. It was 12 o'clock against Cincinnati. A Cincinnati team that in the first half, I mean, I thought physically dominated this team. Physically dominated Iowa. Well, you know, that, first of all, you're talking about, and in, in, you've got to give Iowa a lot of credit, that might have been the worst matchup in the first round. 
They're playing Cincinnati in Columbus in Ohio. Yep, basically right. home, basically home game. Okay. Cincinnati is known as perhaps the best defensive right team up there with in, Virginia in, in yep. the country. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas Iowa's problem is that they're a scoring team that they really don't defend very well. well yes, um, you know, Bohannon is a fantastic college player, but he's certainly not the Jet point guard. So it's really hard to defend great when you can't pressure the ball. And, you know, you saw how Houston pressured the ball. You see how Texas Tech pressures the ball. And we can t- I want to talk about Texas Tech sure. after, after that. But it, it's just difficult. But you know what? Iowa just kept with their game plan. And, you know, I, I think Fran does an incredible job. Now, obviously, I'm biased. But, you know, you look at what has Sienna been since he's left. And, you know, every single year he figured out how to win you know, you see all of these mid-majors, they, you know, with the exception of the ones like Gonzaga and Houston that are machines. But, but you know, the, the mid-majors in the MAC, they have one, two years. Iona's been decent for the last few years. But Fran actually won every single year in a single-bid conference. Right. Made, made it every single year. And, you know, he always has Iowa, who has not had a pro, a first-round draft pick, second-round draft picks, Aaron White, Devin Marble, in the premier basketball conference, conference yeah. he has them relevant every single year. And even if you look at this Iowa team, okay, who's the first-round draft pick on this Iowa team? You got me. There is none. You got me. There is none. I mean, there is none. I mean, you know, th- there may be a player that develops into it. Like, does Weisskopf right. have a chance to have a very nice college career? Sure. Maybe. Sure. Right now, he still can't get his own shot. Correct. Tyler Cook sometimes is a human highlights film and then misses the dunk. I mean, you know, he's playing with five, you know, it's not easy to recruit right. academic athletes that have Big Ten standards to the middle of Iowa. And every year they're relevant. And, and the Cincinnati game was just like that. They basically absorbed, it was like Rocky. They absorbed the punishment, okay, and they did the same thing against Tennessee. They absorbed the punishment. They ran their sets. They sh- Every, one thing about them is every single kid on the floor can, can shoot. When they hit their shots, they begin to defend. And, you know, basically coming down the stretch, they were going to play their game and just like they did against Tennessee, and, the, and they did it both times. And, you know, they played together and, 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 and pulled it out and then did the same thing on Sunday. And get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. Let's pause there. But, yeah, so Iowa plays their game better than the second half. The shots all start to fall. Cincinnati tightens up. And Iowa comes away with an easy victory when it was all said and done. Fran McCaffrey does a very, very nice job there um, for uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And then, other than that... And, you know, let's take a step back. When you look at the Big Ten, okay, you look at the teams in the Big Ten... 7-1 and one through the first two days of the tournament. Okay, and you look at the teams there. Every single one of those teams has two to three first-round picks. Every year or two. Ohio State. Not everyone, but a lot of them. Okay. Sure. Co- even you take your Maryland. You sure. had Stone was a first-round yes. pick. Second uh, round, but yes. You know, Trimble. I mean, Maryland's had way more than. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, Michigan State. You know, Every year. Michigan, every year. Wisconsin, every year. I get it. Yeah. I mean, who's Iowa's pro? I got it. Aaron right. White playing at the same with the same place where the ball gets played. Right. I mean, they don't, they, they don't, they don't have one. 100%. I wouldn't say Minnesota really has one either. Um, no, Minnesota, but, but, you know, it's interesting. 
Minneapolis has one of the best AAU teams. I told you Fran Sun yes. played in Minneapolis. Minneapolis has become one of the most fertile recruiting zones. The problem with University of Minnesota to date has been Patino not being able to keep the talent there. Sure. Matthew Hurt, who is one of the top five players in the country, I don't think he's signed yet for next year. Let's look him up. Matthew Hurt is one of the top five players. Is from Minneapolis. All right. Crystal Ball for Matthew Hurt. Power forward from Rochester, Minnesota. That's right. That's right where you said. He is currently the number one player in Minnesota, the number two power forward overall, the number nine player overall. His list is Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, Minnesota. So, I mean, that's the kid you got to keep home. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you have to. You have to keep that, some of those kids home. He's got braces in his McDonald's All-American pick, though, Doc. <laughs> I actually saw him play. His grandson is, uh, my grandson is in the Adidas Nationals where they lost to the Compton Magic in overtime. They're good. Um, it, 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 the finals of the Adidas. So they were the second-best AAU team in the country yeah. from Adidas, from Minneapolis. And on that team, every single kid is, you know, Division One player. Um, you know, the point guard's playing for Stanford, et cetera. UK, U, uh, UK, Kansas, UNC, Duke are his top four. Minnesota, a number five, assistant number five uh, for Matthew Hurt at this point. Other than Iowa on Friday afternoon, again, not really much drama outside of New Mexico and Auburn, New Mexico State, because no, that was Thursday. That was Thursday. Okay, that was exactly that the same time, and and and, and yes. basically, it looked like Auburn was going to run out of the run gym. him out of the gym. Okay, and New Mexico State comes back. And basically, Auburn tries to hand them the game, and they just miss miss at the end. Oh and my God! How about that? that? Was one of the interesting, you know, you see so much basketball, you, you, you get a little punch drunk, and you forget. But the guard has a layup. Okay, layup, wide open, open layup. layup. Dishes it back for three, and gets the kid gets fouled, fouled on the three, and, and misses two out of the three, and misses two out of the three foul shots. Yeah, it was it was just unbelievable. You got to take the two and tie the game. And then, and then you can't foul. I mean, and, then, it was, and even after that, they got the ball back, and a kid missed a wide-open corner three. It was, yeah, it was just, that, that was an unbelievable, a, an unbelievable finish. And, you know, but Auburn looked fantastic. And then, that's right, on Saturday, and so after Auburn collapses, for all intents and purposes, they collapse on Thursday, and Kansas runs Northeastern out of the gym on Thursday. The spread opens with Auburn as a one-point favorite. And I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. Like, everybody's going to love Kansas. Why would Auburn open as a one-point favorite? And because of that, I told it. Anybody that would listen, I love Auburn on Saturday. Well, I love you know, it. if you watch Kansas play this year, Auburn and Kansas play at two different speeds. Very much so. And that's, and that's one of the things uh, 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 that you saw on Sunday. You know, it was amazing, the, the speed difference. That you see, and you know, again, that's the issue that Iowa had with Tennessee. Except I was used to it because they play in a big time power conference all the time, and 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 they've gotten used to teams being, say, a little bit faster and, and making up some of that deficit. Um, the most surprised I was was Purdue running. You know, I didn't Purdue's good. I told you Purdue this. Was, you know, it, it, Purdue's good, and they shot the the hell out of the ball. But I didn't think that they just run Villanova off the court. I mean, I did not think that, you know, Jay Wright, Villanova, one of the best coach teams. And, sure. you know, this is not a great Villanova team by any stretch of the imagination. 
but I thought athletically that Purdue, you know, would not be good enough to just beat him by thirty. I, I really, I really was surprised right. by that. Absolutely, and but you know, again, this is what you see on the second round, and I'm not surprised because first round, you have four days to prepare. Everybody's gung ho, everybody's tight. Then you have the short turnaround without the scouting reports, and the depth and the speed becomes more obvious in the second game. You know, mm-hmm. and that that now now you have all week to prepare again, and 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 you don't know who you're going to be preparing for. So I'm not surprised. The second round is really the hardest thing for Definitely. Cinderella. Definitely. You know, to, 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 to wear, their, wear their things. And the teams that play are usually pretty good and, and have pretty good depth. And it's funny because on, on, Thursday, on Saturday after the Maryland game, we were, ta- you were, you were, talking, we were texting back and forth about Cinderella. And I was like, there's a lot of Cinderellas left. And you're like, well, there won't, there won't be. be tonight. There won't be by the end of the mo- end of tomorrow and in the second round. And I gave you and the, the only way there there really is, and 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 this is the interesting conversation because there used to be more, but now I think that to last, we were just talking about frame to last in the Big Ten to last in the ACC, you know, as opposed to say Danny Ferry at Wake Forest and the Clemson's coach sure. team, you you really have to really have a good solid program, right? And now. The one and done thing has begun to sort itself out. You know where the one and dones are going, except if there's some kid that catches fire, like mm-hmm. John, you know, John, even though he's a sophomore, like a John Moran, right? That, that you don't respect. But by and large, you know they're going to Duke, Kentucky, a little bit Kansas. Yep. It's sorted itself out, so you're seeing more leveling. And the power conferences are beginning, by and large, to distinguish themselves. And you know, again, I kind of count. You know the Big East and and you know the All American Conference that Houston and Central Florida and Cincinnati, Cincinnati, yeah. they're pretty big time. You know Cincinnati's paying Cronin, you know, well oh, over yeah. two million dollars a year. You know those are big. I was con- actually thinking about Mick Cronin over the weekend. How he's still at, surprisingly he was still at Cincinnati all these years. There's, later. Of, there's a lot of talk that he's going to be offered the Vanderbilt job. I saw that, but I don't think he. I don't think he takes that. You know Vanderbilt ran at Fran several years ago before Bryce Drew. Or before, before Bryce Drew. Yeah. Before he How looked at it really hard. He did? Yeah. What would it take for Fran to leave Iowa? It'd be really, really tough now. He's got both his kids playing for right. him. So, I mean, so now you can argue that the transfer rules have changed, at least in football. Right. I, I don't think, I think Fran's going to stay. Know, I think, you know, Fran is really, really happy at Iowa. I think it would have to be, you know, like, there was always an attraction to go back to Philadelphia, where he was from. But both sure. his parents passed away from cancer, which is why he's so active in 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 coaches against cancer. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's any attraction there. His wife is from Minnesota, and you know that there are exclusions in Big Ten contracts from going to one Big Ten contract sure. to another. Um, you know, the ACC, you know, pretty much the Dukes in the North Carolina that would be step ups. Right. Only higher from within. Yeah, that's never that's never happening. Okay, yeah. Wake Forest would be an interesting place, but he transferred from Wake Forest. So I remember once getting a phone call saying, "Everybody has your friend Fran going to Wake Forest." I said, "It's impossible. He transferred from there. Right. What is he going to do? Walk in and recruit and say, yeah, I transferred.' I, lo- I love it. Yeah, I love it now. <laughs> you know, so never it's works. a it's a tough sale because he, he he transferred from Wake Forest to Penn. Right. So it's it's a t- it's a tough sell. I mean, you, you know when. The Texas 
of the world or the UCLA's of the world call, you'd have to listen. Sure. Um, but it would take something like that. And, you know, he met his wife at Notre Dame, so I would list that as a possibility. You know, Fran likes to be a good academic places where you don't cheat, you know, where, you know, people want to come there and he can run, a, you know, a completely clean program. Mm -hmm. So Vandermilk fits the bill. Right. But I think that the thing that he probably didn't like, there were several things he didn't like about Vanderbilt. One was that there's no athletic dorms. Um, and I also think he probably felt that there wasn't really a natural <laughs> recruiting place. Well, you know, we can see if, if Mike Bray decides to go on elsewhere in Notre Dame, maybe that becomes a possibility this year. I think it would be really hard with both of his kids playing. Right, of course. And, and you know, I think he's, re I think he, he, he you know, he's got a, a, an interesting team coming back. Sure. He, he has this kid, Jack Nunes, who sat out a year. Um, he has his son who is, you know, anywhere from top 25 to top, 60 in the country, Anna coming coming back. Yep, and he signed a very quick guard from New York that he likes a lot, Joel Toussaint, who was only a three star recruit. Only like my, our kid should be three star recruit. Sure, right? okay, but but you know he he's very high on and likes better than a lot of people. Who and, and Fran has a great eye for talent, and I think Weisskopf was as good as any freshman in the Big Ten. I think he's got a real upside. We'll see well, what Weisskopf can do uh, in year two. But let's get to the weekend now uh, with both of our teams suffering outside of UCF. Two of the most devastating losses um, of the entire tournament. The first game on Saturday, of course, was the Terrapins facing LSU, an LSU team that was just significantly better than them in the first half of that game. And then much like in that second half uh, against Belmont, after Mark Turgeon gets teed up, Maryland wakes up a little bit, starts hitting some shots, starts playing their game, and next thing you know, they're up and they're winning. And uh, tie game with 12 seconds left, and LSU kind of brings it down. Um, kid goes in, travels on a layup, doesn't get called, scores a basket, game over. Yeah, that I, I mean, and you know, it was, it, but you, you missed the thing. The big freshman hits the shot from Jalen Smith missed a shot, hits a shot. It's one of those, no, 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 oh, yeah. Yes. Right Shots. from the corner. I yeah. mean, you know, and 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 you you know, I I I never thought that was not the shot that I would have wanted. But Certainly not, and that wasn't right the shot that was drawn up either. It went right down the middle of the net. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know. Believe me, that's what I said as well. <laughs> you know, right right down the thing. You know, again, I think he's a good coach, and I think they will they will always have a good program. Um, I you know, again, I I didn't think they got into their flow of their offense in the first half they did at all. It. They didn't. You, you know, the flow of their offense, you, you, you know, they're kind of more like point guard by committee rather than, you know, somebody who really runs the show. Oh, man. So I, so I don't know about that. I, I think they have their two point Cowan. guards. That's, that is what it is, Ayala and Cowan. Yeah, but neither of them seem to make everybody on the court better. That's they, fair. They, they, you know, they, I don't think, I think both of them are, are hybrid guards. I think that's and fair. That's, so, it, so I think Ayala could become that, just a freshman. I think he could become that. But I definitely see what you're saying. It'll be interesting for the Terrapins team uh, if and when Bruno Fernando doesn't return next year, goes into the NBA draft, uh, if Jalen Smith stays, what this team could become. We'll see. Everybody seems that both of them are going into the draft. Which I don't I, know I, that Jalen goes into the draft. But, you know, again, I, I don't see either of them being in the top 20. Oh, I, think, I mean, this is going to draft on that series. You know, I think most people have Bruno Fernandez early second round. Uh, right now, Bruno, according to NBADraft.net, Bruno is number nine overall. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's right. That's what, number, that's what they say. Wow. 
Wow. I mean, you know, this is a crazy draft where you have Zion and now John Morant, and then maybe you say Reddish and, and Barrett, and, Barrett. Mm-hmm. and then, you know, it, it's kind of dealer's pick after that. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't— You know who you like. I don't really feel strong about any of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, I feel strongly about John Morant. I feel oh, yeah, I feel strongly about John Morant as well. I, I mean, I, honestly, if I, I picked him, I wouldn't be so fast to trade him. I'll sure. put that Absolutely. That um, I, I think he really looks good. Um, he looks like, you, you know what he looks like to me? A better version of Drew Holiday, you know, from the Pelicans. Who, let's get, continuing on. So, after the Maryland game on Saturday, again, nothing else crazy, right? No, no. The only other decent game was the Kentucky game. Right. After that, the Saturday night games were, were, were Brutal. terrible. Brutal. Brutal. You know, Purdue, they were over in the first half. Purdue ran up Villanova. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got to go down the list. I mean, thing. And, and it was pretty much, Sunday was the same except for the Iowa game and the Duke game. Sure. Sure. And, you know, it's funny. Everybody was watching the Iowa game because it was the only game on at that time. And... I must have gotten 100 texts telling me how Iowa was completely overmatched. Charles Barkley at the half, did you hear what he said at the half? He basically said, you know, those guys in Tennessee look like basketball players, and, you know, Iowa looked at, like, you know, whatever type of deal. Mm -hmm. And then I think Tyler Cook comes out and slams one down with the left hand, and Bohannon basically shoves them out of the way, and it's a completely different second half. And I really thought Iowa had it. Down 25 points. Iowa comes all the way back and gets it to overtime and ultimately fell. Yeah. Unbelievable. Admiral Schofield sits out all of overtime. What did you think of that? Weird. Really, really weird. You know, it's amazing how people call that leadership. I don't call that leadership. What? what I don't understand it. What, what, what is that? So, like, I don't understand it. Why would he do that to himself? And, of course, for those that, that missed it, uh, Admiral Schofield, who's been Tennessee's best player and leader all season long, well, yeah, know, was, had four fouls, went on the bench. The Tennessee team uh, survived, went to overtime with him on the bench, and Rick Barnes, head coach, put him back in. He's like, no, I, you should play him. He's been better than me. I, I, you know, first of all, what's the, what's the worst thing that happened? They made it like a, a – like you know, all of a sudden, it was the first game I've watched basketball – now for, I guess, I'm 56, sure. or probably since I'm... 50 years. Yeah, 50 years, okay. They, they made, like, four fouls seem like terminal pancreatic cancer, right. and you're in hospice. You said Taco Smalls played with four fouls all game yesterday. Okay, you, you know, it seemed like, what's the worst thing that happens? He gets his fifth foul, okay? And, you know, let's, you know, Iowa plays well when they play from the inside to the outside, and then they shoot it. So if you look at Iowa, when Gauzer is their leading scorer... Yes, that's when they win. Okay. okay. And when Gaza goes through, and, and he's really like an interesting player. I, I don't know how to describe him. He interesting looks, dude, too. He, he, yeah, he, he comes from a very successful family. Excellent footwork in the post. Looks slow, but always seems to get where he wants to go. It's foul shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tyler Cook can beat anybody and either hit it or miss it. But when Iowa goes down to them and everybody comes in, Oh, they get fouled. That's when they play well. But neither of them are Jabbar. 
<laughs> you know, you don't have to sit out because, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know, I mean, I, I got to tell you, when Fran listens to this, you got to be laughing, saying that, you know, this guy sat out because he didn't want to play these, you know, my guys, you know, you know, this guy's supposed to be first round pick in the NBA. And, 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 he, and he, 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 he's, you know, intimidated by guarding Luca Garza. It's weird. I, I, nothing against Luca Garza, but. Luca Garza is a terrific player, and sure. so and Luca Garza will fought, would have fouled him out. Big deals. So it's it's not terminal How, cancer. You're, you're one of the best. You're one of the best players. He's projected to go early in the second round, um, but you're one of the best players in college basketball. You had one of the best seasons in college basketball. You take yourself out. No, I was impressed with Grant Williams. I thought he sure. played. Excellent. And 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 and, and, and and you know the game the the, the game changing play in that game was when Grant Williams stripped Tyler Cook. Yes. Okay. Is you know, Tyler Cook yes, at yes. times looks like he's all world, okay? But that strip took his mojo away. You know, it just took his mojo. He had so much mojo at the beginning of the second half. He felt he was the best player on the, the, the court. And that's one of the most interesting things about sports. And you, you go into why I would never touch Admiral Schofield. Yeah. And people say, oh, this is great leadership. This is altruistic. This is, you know, you know looking at the benefit of the common at the expense of himself. But you know what? If you're going to be a great player, you can't have a fragile ego, okay? And the difference between the great ones like LeBron James is they, you know, they don't have fragile egos. They just make the next play. So you strip them, and they just come down, and they put it in your face this much harder, okay? When you don't put yourself back in, that tells me that your ego is too fragile to play in the NBA. The and I know everybody on ESPN disagrees because well, now now maybe that's great. Maybe he should be the next vice president of the United States. Too young to be president. Sure. But 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 if I'm picking for the NBA, I don't want no fragile ego. Right. Weird. That was that was very, very weird to me. What did Fran say to the players after the game? How did he take it? How did he feel? I think that you know, his response to me was, I love these kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really summed it up. I don't think he was going to look at the what if, could have, could have, yep. and stuff like that. I think that he was going to say, hey, you guys left it all on the court. You know, Proud one bounce went this way, one bounce went the other way. You know, what we did in front of national television, you know, and, and what I told him was that the whole country was watching. You really caught the whole imagination. I could tell by the amount of texts that I was getting because there was nothing else on. Sunday it was it really ran unopposed sure. at that point in time. And somehow the word spread that Iowa came back. So that, that's right. That, you know, so he really did that. So I think, you know, the, the other thing is you, you have to look at where they came from, you know, last year. Last year they had a down year, and they were physically outmanned. And they committed to having a vigorous off-season workout program. And as Charles Barkley said, maybe they don't look like the athletes in the toughest SEC team. But you know what? Those athletes wilted, and they played their butts off in the second half against two very athletic teams. So I think that overall, I think that Fran was proud of the way they competed. I mean, I think that it really would be he's, he's won this game a bunch of times. The, this is the second closest he came. They lost to Louisville in the buzzer at Siena many years ago. Sure. With a very good Siena team. I think he'd like to go to the Sweet 16, and I think that he feels that 
he's getting to the point in Iowa where he has a shot each year to get there. Right. I mean, I think that he, you know, the goal for the Iowa program, most people in Iowa don't understand, the goal to the Iowa program is to be Wisconsin irrelevant every year. Right. And, and hopefully you get a Weisskopf that starts out as a four-star recruit, and by the time he's done, he's a top an NBA goal. player. That's the goal. And, and, you know, like Butler did. Like Butler catches fire with Gordon Haywood. You know, not recruited. That's what a school like Iowa, and for that matter, Wisconsin needs to be in the top ten of the country. Maryland as well, to be honest with you. You know. Now, let's get to the main event from Sunday evening, and the world was watching uh, as Duke and UCF went at it. And UCF, like we've seen some of these uh, younger mid-majors do, not that UCF's a mid-major as we talked about the All-American Conference, but they got out early. They got out early, they built a lead, and predictably, it's a game of runs, it's a game of streaks. Duke comes back, and as we talked about briefly earlier, those last four minutes of the half, Duke gets up eight, and you think they're never looking back. Whatever the spread was, they're covering it, doubling it, and that's it. And you saw at times in the second half, they got back up to around eight or so. And UCF never wilted. And a lot of that uh, was Aubrey Dawkins, who was just unbelievable, I thought. Well, he was the best player on the court. Unbelievable. And that's including Zion Williamson. Well, Zion really was the only one who would take it to the yes. big kid. Taco. And, and he has incredible body control. You know, so it's, it's kind of funny. I said last week that Duke, I've watched more Duke basketball because Zion's must must see TV. CTV. And I told you that Duke was really, really flawed, which I was right about. But there's no second team for everybody to love. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that Duke had such a hard time because I expected them to because if they don't shoot well. And what we saw is that you know, there's a real reddish at times looks unbelievable. Beautiful shot, beautiful, perfect basketball body. Sometimes he just gets lost. Sure. Ray Jones, he can't shoot well enough no. to be in the NBA right now. Certainly not right now. Okay. And then you, and, and Zion Williamson is just a freak, you know, takes it to the, the hoop, but it's not like he's an op. He's not the perfect offensive player in terms of his shooting ability. He has a look great yesterday. Strange shoot, you know. Strange look great yesterday, yeah. Doc. And he's gotten a lot better, but you know, you know. So it's not. And then Dawkins plays the game of his life, and you know, you you, you feel bad that he missed that. You know, you felt bad that he missed the dunk that slipped out of his hands on that beautiful alley oop pass. Um. You know, and then in all fairness to Duke, you know that I, I didn't think that ball hit the rim. And the I didn't think it either. I don't think it did either. Just the rotation of the ball never changed. That's why yeah. I don't think so. But you know, so they go down four, um, but then they come back with you know the, 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 the Zion getting fouled and Barrett basically, you know, did he get away with the push? I mean, I don't think you call it in that time. I didn't. To, to me, it and I watched. I watched that a lot today. I didn't see it at the time. I watched it a lot today. I don't think that's called at that point in the game. I don't think no it was way. that blatant. And it, listen, it's almost like typical Duke luck, Duke luck, where everything kind of goes their way. Zion misses the free throw, and there's R.J. Barrett to put it back in. And even still, Johnny Dawkins had his team 10 seconds away from a victory. 
Well, they, they, it looked like both of those shots were, were in. in. I thought both of those shots were in. Same. Okay, both of them just like it was like rolled out of basket. I mean, it was amazing. Must have been somebody, some big philanthropist. And something. if you watch Coach K's interview after the game, he felt guilty for winning. He did. He really did. And and, and my fiance watched the game. Was watching the game with me. And she doesn't really care about college basketball, but she wa- you know she watches the interview, and she could tell, and, and she was rooting against Duke because like why wouldn't you root against Duke? I'm gonna get, I want to get back to that in a moment, but she's rooting against Duke, so she was into it and I was into it, and she watched that interview and she's like, man, he feels bad for winning. See, but I, I you know, Ken, I don't see as much anti Duke because so it's I don't I don't think people. Everyone always roots for the underdog. Definitely. I mean, okay. So there's, if you don't have a rooting interest, but number one, I think people generally love Coach K. Like I caught a lot of flack by saying, you know, how do the top three players in America right. wind up at one school? Because right. no one wants to say ev- anything. And as he gets older, he becomes much more gracious, and he's always been a gracious man. And then, I think people generally. Love Zion Williamson. They want to see him play. So that's what I was going to get to because typically, like, I, I remember when Duke fell to Lehigh during the CJ McCollum years. There wasn't a single person that year that was rooting for Duke outside if you had him in your bracket, you bet on him. But this year is different. You had people that I spoke to that want to see more Zion Williamson, want to see more RJ Barrett, want to see more Cam How Radish. could we not? You know, let's different. go back. Everybody else is saying Zion shouldn't play. You know, and, and I said that's absurd, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of that, because he's risking injury. You have this guy who's got an incredible smile. He looks like he's having fun out there. He's Amazing. different than any person that we've ever seen. He'll be the second heaviest person in the NBA when he, when he gets drafted. He, 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 he's got explosiveness and, and body control. The pass that he threw at the end of the first half with one bounce hand, pass? The, the, well, that's just the second half. The right? bounce pass with the left hand uh, right on the. I think it was to Trey Jones. He's just unbelievable. Oh, my God. So, I, you know, again, I don't think this is Christian Leighton and his Duke team, like where everybody hates them. It's not. This team, more than any team that I can remember, people want to see more of. I think what happened, what happened is you always root for the underdog. Mm-hmm. But I think when Duke won, everybody said, yeah, I'd rather see Zion next week. Right. Than, than Taco. Taco. Although Taco does develop a lot of interest. People have been talking about, like, when he stands on his knees, he's still taller than half the world. Absolutely, and, it, and it's amazing. But the funny thing is, like, I watched a lot of Taco yesterday, obviously. He doesn't really, he doesn't really jump. He just stands there. And it's like, jump! You can get the rebound, just jump! <laughs> he didn't. But anyway, going back to the interview with Coach K after the game, talking about being gracious, he felt bad for winning. And Judy was the one that hit it right on the money. She's like... Coach K, it's another Sweet 16, it's another shot on national championships, it's another shot at the Final Four. But Johnny Dawkins, that, I mean, that makes a career, right? Go Forward Duke superstar, forward Duke assistant. Failed Stanford. Failed Stanford head coach. Now, in the... And the kid was brought up at Duke. Aubrey Dawkins brought up in, North, in Durham, North Carolina. Your kid being the star of the game, even more so than Zion. You, the head coach at UCF. Beating Duke, beating your Not mentor. Not that dissimilar to say if Rick Pitino was coaching against Richard Pitino. Sure. Okay. Exactly. I, 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 I mean. Exactly. There's a part of him. And then, and then Richard Pitino's kid is playing. Yeah, part of him that would want Richard to win, but of course he wants 
to win. To, to win because he has the responsibility to his own kids. He felt— It's, it's a yes, mixed type thing. Yes, and Coach K felt—you could see it, because he knew how much it meant to Johnny Dawkins personally, professionally, the whole deal. And it was a— well, The Harbaugh— What about the Harbaugh brothers in the Super Bowl, football, sure. Yeah. It was it was a moment I felt horrible for Aubrey Dawkins, who, as I keep saying, well, you wonder if life. Jim could ever feel bad for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Th- that was a little bit different, I think, Doc, because Coach K's been here so many times before. For John and Jim, it was and it's first also good siblings will want to kill each other. Absolutely, this is I mean, this Serena is truly Venus. this is truly a father son relationship with Coach K and Johnny Dawkins, and you feel bad, you really did. I, and it also depends on the age difference. I really don't know the Harbos. Thanks. Very close. You know, if they're very close, it's usually, and they're two boys, it's sibling rivalry. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think that, for example, it was probably pretty, although they don't really play against them, Peyton and Eli, because there was an age difference. Exactly. And, that was, that you, was you know, fair. And, and, and That was fair. You know, there was always like a five-year age difference between my brother, so I was his biggest supporter. If we were two years apart. It'd be a little bit different. It's, it's different, because you almost... Even though you're not really a parental figure, you, you know, you, you have that same type of pride when there's an age difference type of deal. So that was kind of the peak, I think, of yesterday's games. After that, it kind of just went all downhill. Um, you know, some games were good for a little while, and then it just... Well, it was, it was really just to watch to see who you were impressed by. Right, and that's what brings us to Texas Tech, who you were very impressed by, you said. They play defense differently than everybody. Chris Beard doing a hell of a job. Okay, so th- what they do, which is really, really fascinating, is like when you grew up in, 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 in playing basketball, you always thought, don't give up the baseline. Don't give, up, don't give up the baseline. They force everything to the baseline and then play man on that and zone away from that to make the court smaller. They do it really, really well. Yeah. And Buffalo had no idea. Like I, I, I texted you. I thought Buffalo would be the mid-major. Because they said everybody will be gone but Buffalo. Okay, they're you you know, and I I don't count Houston. You know, Houston's favored in the game. I don't count Gonzaga because they're favored in the game. And Buffalo is this their second year? They made a run last year. They won thirty games this year. They're really athletic. They got run out of the friggin' gym, and they had no idea what to do. You know. Basically, Texas Tech kept on forcing them to the middle, okay? They kept on going into the middle, and then the next thing you know, the middle collapsed, and they were turning the ball over. It was like, it it, it reminded me of the way the Devils used to play the trap, you know? Remember, like, before they changed the rules in the NA, you know, the the Devils used to trap people in center ice, and Rangers could never get out of their zone? Never. It, It was... That was there was that was their defense. Like they basically trapped them to get to the places where they want, and they're really, really different defensively. Basically, they overplay everything, and they post you to the outside, and then they're zoning away from the ball, and it looks like man. It's really pretty complicated, you know, if you if you're not prepared for it. Texas Tech versus Michigan on Thursday should be a very very good game. He's he's the best coach in the country. Beeline. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, according to acor- according to people that coach against, him, <laughs> you know, coach against him. Yeah, that, that he's an, he's he amazing. always takes away what you want. He knows what Belichick like, and 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 knows how to put his kids into position, take away what you want to do. He's also like the cleanest coach. And you've and you've always said that we've talked a lot about how not clean certain coaches are, both on and off the air. And you've been adamant that John Beeline, the 
cleanest of any coach yeah, in college basketball. Completely clean program. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons, you, you, you know, Michigan's finalists actually were Beeline and then Fran. I do. They were coming down from, from you know, all the stuff that went sure. down in the Fab Five. And that was probably a very important part of their hire. Not that Fran, not that Fran's not clean, of course. Yeah, Fran's a hundred percent, and and that's what that's why they picked. You know, they, they only interviewed people that they felt would be. Tony Bennett's in that class too. Oh, Tony Bennett absolutely is in that class. Um, absolutely. You know, it, and these guys get to. So if there's anybody who's going to figure it out, but they're a different type of team in doing that. And Houston has great athletes. I mean, uh, I was. You know, Houston really locked. I mean, you could see at the second, you know, at the beginning of the game, that game was close. And Ohio State just couldn't do anything against 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 them. Yeah. They really they really they really locked them them down. You know, and everybody's saying that Oregon Cinderella Oregon was top you know, top ten in the country season. Top five in the country. Bowl bowl gets hurt. Sure. Um, but you know, they, they you know, they have athletes galore and that's how you make the sweet 16 you know you get two upsets and they, they play each other you know and not that oregon is and that's how you go because the teams have gotten the pow conference absolutely all right um we have uh just about 10 15 minutes remaining in the program so is there anything let's let's who do this you, who's it, going to the final four I want, let's wrap it up by saying who's going to the final four well let's let's go through who the, the games we'll do them one at a time Okay, and then we should touch on Gronk. Oh well, yeah, well, I want to get to Gronk, but that's why I wanted to wrap up the college football, the college basketball stuff before we did. So we got. Let me start in the bottom region. We have sort of the toughest one: Michigan and Texas Tech. I took Michigan. I'll, I'll always stay with Bayline, but yeah. Texas Tech's a lot better than I thought. I agree. I think Michigan, Texas Tech's the game of the day on Thursday. I'll also take Michigan, who I have in my Final Four. Spoiler alert. Um, so I'll take Michigan there. And then it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga and Florida State, the team that beat them last year. So Florida State, you know, I was amazed how athletic. Yeah, um, I was absolutely amazed. I thought Murray State was too quick for Murray Tech. Mm-hmm. And Murray State was blown out of the water. I mean, they couldn't do anything. You know, you know, Florida State plays above the rim. Mm-hmm. They shoot the hell out of it. You, you know, I was really, 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 really impressed. I, I think that their athleticism is going to bother Gonzaga. Okay. But I think that, not that I've seen Florida State a ton of times, but when teams are more athletic than I give them credit to be and have lost as many games, not that they've lost a ton of games as Florida State, but Florida State should be right with the Dukes and right in, with Virginia's in that conference, and they're not. What I will say is this, is that Florida State has to be in control. I think Gonzaga does win it, ultimately. I think we get Gonzaga versus Michigan. If, uh, if it's a close four. game, I think Florida State wilts down the stretch. Okay. If Florida State can just be tremendously, it wouldn't surprise me if Florida State is just so athletic sure. and above the rim and Gonzaga's not used to it. So I will have Michigan coming out of that region. What about you, Doc? That's who I had going forward, but I thought it was going to be easier than it is. Okay. I, I, you know, again, I wouldn't, going into this, I thought it was clearly going to be Michigan and Gonzaga. Right. Wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams lose the thing. Texas Tech's defense is much, much better and may be able to take Michigan out of their game. And Florida State is far more athletic than I ever thought. Okay. 
All right. So we both have Michigan coming out of that region. Up top, we got Duke taking on. Who's Duke taking on? Duke, Duke plays for Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yes, battle of the ACC, Virginia Tech team that has beaten Duke in the past. Uh, Buzz Williams versus Coach K. I think that Virginia Tech was the AC team that C team that I was least impressed with. Okay, that they had the, you know, I think that they Louisville had, was also very not impressive. Though. But you know, but they were gone. But I mean, I think that Virginia Tech has had a nice, nice run, nice path too. You know, you know, you getting Liberty in the second round and stuff like that. Sure, I think that Duke gets healthy against. Okay, I agree with you. I think I get healthy as well. I'll take Duke in that game. And in the bottom of the region, unfortunately, it's LSU uh, taking on Michigan State. I like Michigan State and Cassius Winston there. You know, again, my theory was that the NCAA didn't want LSU to go to the second week. And here they are. And here they are. <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, so I think that, um, and that's an interesting, I mean, you know, will people shut up about coaches yelling at people? I, I know. I, that was That was the stupidest thing. I can't believe that was the thing. I really can't believe it was a thing. Yeah, you know, it was absurd. But go, go. I, I think Michigan State. Was, I, agree. I, think, I agree. You know, again, I, I, I look at Michigan State and Virginia. I think that once they could get past that first, they, they can build I agree. Off that. Totally agree with you. So we both think Michigan State. The Michigan State will face Duke. What do you think of there? You know, I think Duke beats them. I agree. I think that Duke is more athletic than Michigan State. I agree. Let's go now to the, that top right region. We'll start with the 2-3. It's a very good game, I think, between Tennessee and Purdue. So I think that Purdue can't be as good as they have been, as they've been in these two games. But I think that, you know, there are people that say that, you know, Tennessee got past the Iowa point. Right, you know, just similarly, the get right game for Tennessee. Just let you know that you know, um, Villanova two years ago cleaned the clock out of Iowa and went on a huge roll. Yep, I, I think that um, Iowa gave everybody a blueprint how to beat them. I also think Purdue wins. I think Tennessee has struggled a lot this year. They've come out on top. They've won a lot of close games. I think Purdue's better. I'm going to go with Purdue. I, I, I'm with you. I have Purdue in my bracket. I think Purdue wins. I think that, you know, Purdue will zone them, and then when they get confused, throw a man at them, just like what Fran did in the second half. Right. You know, you, you know, you know the announcers kept on saying that, you know, Fran should just stay zoned, stay zoned. Yes. And so, but, you know, you can't, and because then the shooters get too comfortable. So I think that, you know, Iowa showed that you would basically have to show them some zone, show them some man, and, 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 you know, the point guard really got frustrated, Bone. Yes, he did. Like All right, so we both take uh, Purdue. We, 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 every pick's been the same so far. You know, again, I think that that's going to be a game where the three days that Matt Painter has to prepare. Yes. And, you, you know, he'll just watch the Iowa tape. Does Fran say good things about Matt, Matt Painter? Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, seems like a good guy. Uh, Virginia versus Oregon up top. Uh, Oregon... As you said before, top five team when the year started, obviously lose ball ball. Virginia gets over the massive hump, down 14 against a 16 seed, come all the way back, obviously to win by like 15. Uh, have no problem in the second round. A huge hump for them to get over. Virginia, Oregon should be a defensive battle. Yeah, you know, so Oregon has gotten a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year, even with Bowl Bowl, who I don't think is going to be. I think Bowl Bowl is. You know, some people have him top yep. five in the mm -hmm. draft. Yeah, I think he's Thon Maker reincarnated. Potentially so. Um, Peyton Pritchett's a terrific player. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think he's going to play in the pros, but, you know, again, a lot of people don't. Um, Paul White's a very nice player. I think Virginia. I think Virginia beats him as well. I think it's a good spot for Oregon. It's a nice job. Dana Altman's done a fantastic, fantastic good job. Very good coach. Very good coach. Great facilities, if anybody ever saw them. Of course. Uh, we both picked Virginia here. Virginia, Purdue, to go to the Final Four. What do you got? Virginia. I'll take Purdue. There we go. We'll go a little different there. I'll take Purdue. I think Carson Edwards gets him there. All right. One more region to get to, and that is that bottom right. UNC is the one seed. Kentucky, the two. Uh, who do these teams face on, on Friday? Kentucky. Kentucky plays. Um, so am I. Uh, Kentucky here on Friday will face off. Yeah, I'm blanking here. Ah, there we go. Kentucky will face Houston that two three matchup. Houston. You like Houston, huh? I think so easily. too. Easily. I think so. Easily. 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 I think that's. I think that. Um, you know now. One of their best players didn't play, P.J. Washington. Right. But I think um, Kentucky's guards are not great. You know, Wolford was able to get off what they wanted. I mean, honestly, you told me that Wolford's best player was going to shoot 0 for 12 from free point. I mean, if he shoots 4 for 12, Kentucky's home. You know, and that was not a game where Wolford was outclassed really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's not like Kentucky played above the rim and Wolford just shot the shit out of it. Actually, Wolford shot worse than they, they shot all year. Um, Wolford shoots, you know, Hoover played a great game for them. Wolford shoots to their potential, they win that game. I think Houston really, I thought Houston was one of the more impressive teams, really athletic, you know, and I think that they're going to just take the game to Kentucky. They, they, yeah. they guard. Uh, I think Calipari is an underrated coach, but I think Houston's going to win that game. I think Houston wins that game by 12. I, I, all right, fair enough. I like Houston to win this game. I don't know by 12. I like Houston to win the game. Uh, top of the region, UNC and Auburn. Auburn's one of the most interesting teams in the, in the tournament. They're also a lot more athletic than I, than I, than I thought. Um, you know, and UNC has played really, really well. I think this game goes down to the wire. Okay. I really, I really, I, I give Auburn a real, you know, obviously it's hard to pick against UNC, but I give Auburn a real punch. All right, we're a punch. And, and that's, you know, he's a great guy. I mean, he's the most one of the most charismatic coaches in the country. He can coach his ass off, mm-hmm. too. Nice Jewish guy, Bruce Pearl, but he's one of the biggest cheaters in the country. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if he calls you up about an investment, I don't know if I would take it, you know, something like that. I will take North Carolina here. I'll also take Houston. I'll take North Carolina and go to the Final Four. Um, I think Houston beats Auburn. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think, you, you know, I think North Carolina beats you. Fair enough. All right, there you go. Okay, we'll get to the rest of it next Monday on the, on the program where we'll have uh, – we'll know who the Final Four is. We'll make our predictions, uh, of course, to who gets the finals. And then the Monday after that, we'll make our national champion predictions. I, I, I have a strange feeling about We'll see. Make sure, make sure the, the mic picks you up. Okay, we have five minutes to go, Doc. And we've seen the last, maybe – of Rob Gronkowski. Gronk retires yesterday. Drew Rosenhaus' agent, of course, is all over uh, the ESPN car wash today. And he says, 
you know, I wanted to go to the Patriots and be like, let them miss OTAs, let them miss training camp and come play. Uh, Grok said no. But if Tom calls him and says, I need you, would he come back? Yeah, I think so. So the door not entirely, entirely shut for Gronk. Gronk Gronkowski, is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely, and I hope he doesn't. Sure. I think think that unbelievable player. You know, again, it's like if you're going to name, if you're going to get like a big dog, I mean, the two best names might have been Butkus and Kwong. (laughs) Okay. You, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, it's like if you're naming your dog, you're naming him Gronk. Gronk. Okay. Like, uh, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's going to become in Webster's Dictionary, Gronk. Like, you know what you mean by Gronk. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, as opposed to players like we talk about, um, Russell, who never really get hit squared, Gronk. Always ran straight upright. Yes, he was moving fast, but he would just take punishment sure. after punishment. He's had multiple back mm-hmm. multiple elbow, knee, knee shoulder. shoulders, and stuff like that. And you know, he's a great personality. He's won Super Bowls. He is one of the few people that would be, you know incredibly marketable outside outside of sports yeah that the only reason to come back and it, it, it's a big reason it's the same reason we sit here and do this is the camaraderie the camaraderie that sports and that loss that's not the same as being on the set of a movie um that locker room experience where you're you, you, you know you bond with a group of brothers and i think that's a great sense of loss, and that's what brings athletes back. But there is no common sense reason. He's taken so much punishment. Like if he was a boxer, okay, you know, it, it's different if he was a quarterback. You know, it's different. It's like I never thought Brady was going to retire. Brady hasn't really, you know, yes, he's had his knee surgery. Brady hasn't taken a huge amount of punishment. Gronk really, really has. I mean, I think leaving after the Super Bowl makes complete sense as long as he can replace the camaraderie. Totally agree with you. I think his body's beat up enough. He's won enough. He has nothing left to prove. Uh, His small sample size uh, puts him among the greatest tight ends of all time. His ability to block and catch. And he's always going to be drunk. You know, it's like Jason Witten came back for several reasons. Okay, I'm sure he missed the locker room. Yeah. I'm sure he missed the game. He also couldn't find the second thing that he was good at. Right. You know, as opposed to Tony Romo, who's become amazing. He, you know, he was a good quarterback, but he is a sensation as an announcer. Sure. Plus, he likes to play golf, and and but he's become, you know, he's become an icon as an announcer. Yeah. Jason Witten didn't have that. I think Gronk. You know, he has so much personality. I mean, you know, I think, I don't think he needs football to find things where he feels important. I think so. I don't think so either. I'm excited to see him at WrestleMania next year. And the last thing to do as we close, let's do your preseason baseball prediction. Let's do it. Okay? Yep. 
Let's start with the AL East. Uh, the AL East. Division. Take the New York Yankees, Doc. Over Boston. Over Boston. You don't like Boston's relief pitching? Correct. But, you know, Kimbrell's still out there. He is. But he's not on that team for now. But, you know, three blown saves. I'm with you. And they'll pay up. They'll, they'll pay up. Uh-huh. Both of them make the playoffs? Yeah. I think they both do, yes. Okay. Move on to the Cleveland Indians division. What the Cleveland Indians will run away with that division, yes. Pitching's outstanding. Who do you see as being second? I w- it's a down division this year. It's a down division. The Twins, you have the White Sox. So that, uh, I, think, I think it's going to be the Twins. I think the Twins are trying to go for it. I think the Twins have a good lineup. I'll say the Twins. Okay, so you think Cleveland is, is in the playoffs? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you th- West Houston? West Houston, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's your second choice? Probably Oakland because they're trying. You know, the AL is interesting as opposed to the NL. Yeah. The AL is tremendously top-heavy. You Absolutely. can make a huge argument yes. that the three best teams in or baseball are in, in, the in the AL. But after that, you know, as they proverbially say, it's a you-know-what show. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, you know, as opposed to the National League where there's a lot of compelling arguments to be made, you know, Teams. Right. I don't think anybody's, everybody, you know, used, Yankees or Boston take your pick at the top. The other's going to be the right. wild card. Yeah. Okay. Houston in the West. Okay. Cleveland. And then the second wild card deal is choice. You agree with that? I, mean, I do. I do. Makes sense. You know, could be, could be anybody. NL. NL's obviously a lot tougher. NL's a lot, lot tougher. NL East is incredible. Incredibly tough. I mean, everybody tough. has their over-unders for that team, for four of the five teams being over 85. Yeah. And I want to just tell you, you know, not that it means anything. I don't think the Marlins have lost a game in preseason. Marlins have had a fantastic spring. A fantastic spring. And, you know, when you're a young team, that makes a difference. Well, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they, they might have gotten a lot of players. I mean, the last time we thought the Marlins stunk, you know, they did stink, but Christian Yelich came out of sure. that team. John Carlos Stanton. JT Rio, yeah, would have kept him. So who do you like in the NL East? This one's going to surprise you, I think. I think the Nationals are going to win the NL East. Really? The Nationals are going to win the NL East. I think losing Harper helps them. Okay. That's my, that's my pick. A lot of people are going with the Nationals. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think that that division is – you know, since nobody's going to get 108 games in that division, I think the pitching will win. So the Mets are going to do it. I think the Mets are going to do it. Takes the Mets, all right. Okay. I, I, I think that, you know, when you have parity, I think you get into um, a bunch of games, and I think as long as the Mets can put a good starting pitcher out there every game sure. to do that. And I I'm also think that Pete Alonso may be the real deal. I think so, too, actually. You know, and I think that that could be – the real difference, if if you know, the, if Pete Alonso can hit thirty home runs in the middle of that lineup, and they pitch, I think that that can make a, 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 a difference. Yeah. Um, West. Going to the West now. Oh, right. we just can go Central. Whatever. Let's go to the Central because I had that's what I had prepared. Uh, I'll go with the St. Louis Cardinals winning the division with the Cards. Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. They have some pitching. I like the Cardinals a lot in the Central. Why don't you like the Cardinals? I don't know that comes to the pitching. I don't know that they have the pitching. I think Lester takes a step back. We don't know what Quintana is. We don't know that you Darvish is healthy. I don't know that the pitching's there. What about Milwaukee? Same question. Our hitting's amazing. But do they have the pitching? Do they have the bullpen? They have the bullpen. 
And did they do it again? Jeffers is hurt already. Uh, Knable's hurt already. Josh Hader's amazing, but who else is there? Do they sign Kimberl as has been rumored? So I think that's another question. I think the Cardinals right now have it all, so I'll take them. And people like the Reds. Yeah, they don't have enough either. They're trying, which I give them credit for, but they don't have enough. I'm going to say that the Cubs. Going back to the Cubs, okay. All right. I think that Chris Bryant, you know, puts up big And I, you know, I, I think that the wild card, one of the wild I wouldn't be actually shocked if Oakland. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. In the well, we, in the West, I will, in the West, I'll take the Dodgers. Well, what do you think if, if Kershaw was hurt? I'm okay with taking the Dodgers though. They have a lot of talent in that pitching staff. You think Bueller's the real deal? I do. I think Walker Bueller's awesome. What about Colorado? Yeah, I mean, if, listen, they'll be a wild card if they get the pitching that they did last year from Herman uh, Marquez and Kyle Freeland and John Gray bounces back. So I think they have talent. Um, I think they'll be. I think they very well could be a wild card. I like the Dodgers to, to run away with the division, though. NL MVP. Your NL MVP. I think the NL MVP is between Cody Bellinger and Anthony Rendon. Ah. Uh, yeah. Wow. You don't think Bryce Harper hit sixty home runs in that band? He might. But uh, I'll take. And you're picking the Cardinals, and you're not. You don't think it will be Paul. Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. I'll also take the Nationals. So I'm going to go with Chris Bryant. All right. You're picking the Cubs. It makes sense. Okay. okay. Yep. And NL Cy Young Award. NL Cy Young Award. Scherzer's just been dominant. Obviously, the NL Cy Young. I haven't given these picks on the air yet, so I'm not sure. Um, the NL Cy Young. Screw it. I'll go with Walker Buehler. I'm going to go with DeGrom. For the Again, back's back. back. Yeah, I'm going to go with DeGrom. All right, a homer pick there. Um, let's go to the AL. Okay. Who's your AL MVP? I'm going with Aaron Judge. I'll do my own Everybody's homer Everybody's going with Aaron I'll Judge. I'll do my own homer pick a- for a- a- every, Everybody's going with Aaron, Aaron Judge. Let me see if I can come up with something. Uh, Mike Trout, are you hearing? Well, Mike Trout is like, that's like vanilla. That is like, uh, uh, but, um. You know, I, I, I really can't do better than either Trout or Aaron. You can't. Because, you know, he, 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 you have two things going for you. If either of those pop big years, sure. there's no one who really even has the media presence right. to get votes. Yep. I mean, it would have to be such a dominant year. A.L. Cy Young. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. From Houston, From Houston yeah. What about you? I don't Should, like Sale. Yep. I'm going to go with Justin Verlander. Makes sense. Justin Verlander, obviously, a good pick. World Series picks, Doc? Well, you know, you'd like to believe if the Mets got there, they'd be tough to knock out in the playoffs, but that'd be too much thinking. Um,. I think I would go. I'm going to really go out in the limb. All right. I'm going to go with the subways. Oh, my God. Doc. Mets Yankees. Just for the fun. For the fun, fun of it. Of it. Uh, Just for the you fun. You stopped of yourself it. there. Just uh, for the fun of there it. it is. You know, it, it, it's. You, you know, it, it's. I mean, I think Houston's a great pick. Mm-hmm. I think Boston's a great pick. So I will pick, I will pick the Houston Astros against the St. Louis Cardinals. Astros I, I think that, honestly, if the Mets got to a short series and people are healthy, they'd probably be Sure. I, I understand. I mean, I, I think that, 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 that's, that's the logic. 
I actually think, you know, again, I, I've been encouraged that I think may be the real deal, and that would be the huge difference. Sure. You know, if you add pitching and relief and you have a bopper, that could be a big deal. Yep. But that may be very wishful. Then that, if, if that happens, Brody Van Wagenen's the hero. executive of the He's year. He's the hero that you didn't know you wanted, but you, you know you needed. But, you know, we were pos- I was positive about it. I said successful people are successful. Absolutely. You know, listen, and, you, you know, it, it's interesting. Last week when we were on the air, Dave Gettleman was being interviewed by Mike Francesa. Mm-hmm. Something that you got to listen to. Because the way he speaks, he goes, well, Mike, you know, like people, people don't, you know, people know that I, I know what I'm doing type of deal. He is the most, you know. Arrogant I'm, SOB. It, it, is it just me? No. No, it's not. He is so arrogant and without. So I, arrogant. Huh? Without, without kind of the stripes to justify it. So arrogant. I, I mean, honestly, he is, you know, you know, just really hard to root for. So ridiculous. Doc, when we come back next week, baseball season will have started. We will have the final four set. And we'll be heading to the Masters. And we'll be heading, well, not yet, well, two weeks before that. Yeah. But the <laughs> Masters will be around the corner. Oh, like the Masters is right after the after April, the, yeah. 8th, uh-huh. April 8th. It's the Masters. Exactly. Is, you know, because I used to remember it's the first Saturday in May, but I guess. April, April, second Saturday, in second April. Saturday in April. April. That's right. It's First Saturday in May is the point. There it is, a tradition unlike any other. That is Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for checking out and watching us here on Doc Jock here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Subscribe to the channel, download our podcast, and make sure to check out more. Oh, Doc is Jock. your fiance going to let you get a dog named Gronk, or are you going to have to get like a little Chihuahua? No Chihuahuas, no Gronks. I was going with OB3, but that's out the window also. For Dr. (laughs) Mitchell Roslin, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching Doc Shock. We'll do it all again next week. Have a great night, everybody.